When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey everybody, it's Civilized Barking, three days into free agency. I'm Zach Jackson. We are officially 20 hours, I don't know, 18 hours um, into the start of the league year. Of course, the bidding and, and the deals and all that stuff um, started on Monday. So this is Thursday morning. Um, I was going to do one Wednesday at the start of the league year. I sat down to start getting ready, and the Browns signed Juan Thornhill. So that's three defensive starters, um, as I'm sure you know. That's Agbo, um, Okoronkwo, and I'm sure I messed that up, and I will continue to. Uh, he's the edge rusher. There's Dalvin Tomlinson. He's the big man in the middle of the much-needed spot. And then there's Juan Thornhill, the safety at the back, who's played four years with the Chiefs. Um, and now becomes the free safety for the Browns. The vacancy created uh, when they had to cut John Johnson because he wasn't producing. Free agency is hard. Free agency is expensive. Um, you're chasing holes that you've created in your past misses. But, you know, I think the Browns have done a solid job. And, you know, we've seen the Browns win March championships before. Uh, we've seen so much of that. It's almost to the point that some people are like, I don't care about free agency. I don't want to know. Show me. And, and the show me part is right. Um, you have to take chances to make your team better. And we all know that the Browns are not a terrible team. Um, we all know there are reasons to believe the Browns can show growth and need to show growth. Um, in 2023, they were a fourth place team. They have regressed over the last two years. They've had big misses. Um, in personnel, in opportunities to take that next step, and they haven't. So, um, you know, they have guys who aren't getting any younger. They have guys who make a ton of money. They had to push $36 million of Deshaun Watson's guarantees forward um, just to be able to go shopping in free agency and and do what they had to do. So, um, like I said, solid, not overwhelming, filling the needs. I don't think they've deviated too far from what they plan to. I do not think Dalvin Tomlinson was plan A. Um, you know, what does that really matter as long as he becomes a good player? Right. But, um, you know, in the edge guy in Agbo, they think they're getting some upside. Um, he won't play all the time. He can move around. They still want to and need to develop Alex Wright, last year's guy. They'll still probably be in the market later. Um, a defensive end. But we have a new coordinator, Jim Schwartz, as you know. It's a complete remake of the D-line. Miles Garrett, a pretty good place to start. Dalvin Tomlinson, durable, big, um, can play true nose, can play other spots, has rushed the passer a little bit. You know, he helps. Um, This was a glaring, glaring weakness. They've also reportedly signed uh, Maurice Hurst, a guy who has only played two games in two years. Um, You might remember Maurice Hurst. Super 
good college player, had the heart issue in the pre-draft process, fell to the fifth round, had a good start to his NFL career, didn't play at all last year because of injury. I think he's going to be 28. Um, <clears throat> it's a depth signing. It's taking a shot. Look, the Browns just misevaluated last year. They did not think that their defensive tackle group would be as bad as it was, and it was. And so Jordan Elliott headed to the last year of his rookie contract. Taven Bryan out the door after one year. Um, Tommy Togi, I've shown nothing to believe he can be a, a starting quality NFL player. Never was. Um, and then Perrion Winfrey, who has some talent and might or might not be in the NFL. That's just what it is. So the Browns maybe aren't done there either. You know, ideally you want versatility. You know what Miles is, and you know you can move him around to an extent. You know what Dalvin Tomlinson is, and you know that, you know, he's going to play 60% of the snaps. He's going to eat up. He's going to command attention and hopefully eat up blockers on the inside. <clears throat> and that's going to free it up. Now, big questions at linebacker still. We'll see Taki Taki coming off the injury. You know, Jacob Phillips coming off the injury didn't look like he could play at all last year. JOK coming off the injury. We know the talent's there. Can Dalvin Tomlinson unlock, help unlock JOK? <clears throat> Can Jim Schwartz help unlock JOK? That would be a big, big deal. Um, I think JOK and Greg Newsom are super, super talented players, and they were both better in their first year than their second year. So can they reverse course and be really good in their third year? You know, can the defense as a whole clean up some of the big breakdowns and clean up some of the little things and maybe find a guy late in free agency and find a guy or two in the draft and be a good defense? Yes. Is that as important as Deshaun Watson playing really, really well? And this offense eventually finding its groove, finding its comfort level, and meshing the things Watson allows you to do with the things the Browns already do well, and getting everybody in the right place, not having this chaotic offseason and chaotic in-game things. It can happen. Um, we'll see. We'll see. But look, uh, three days into free agency, if you think the Browns were a couple players away or you think they're going to knock out this free agent class, then probably nothing's happened to change your mind. If you think the Browns stink and everybody's getting fired and that they're spending in free agency because their evaluations have been bad and their team building is really flawed, then probably nothing's changed your mind. Is the truth in the middle there somewhere? I'd say so. Um, like I said, reasonable to ask for solid, reasonable to think that Dalvin Tomlinson can make a big difference, and reasonable to think that there are think and expect that there are some young players on both sides who can get better. I never write off a rookie. Uh, so much happens for these rookies, guys. It's such a life adjustment. It's such a football adjustment. It's so hard. Some of them excel early and hit a wall. Some of them have an injury or don't catch on to something early and get lost and spend the time chasing. You know, they don't fit scheme-wise or, or they're, you know, don't mesh with their coaches or the other guys in the room. So, you know, We'll see. We'll see. Martin Emerson looks like a really good player. Cade York has the talent. Jerome Ford has some some raw talent and has a chance um, to help this team in a variety of ways. Will it ever be as a 15-carry-a-game guy? I don't know. You know, at least for now, that's not even close to the expectations. So, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I think the Browns are not a true AFC contender. I think the Browns have enough talent to be a playoff team. And the challenge will be, um, you know, as I mentioned, making all the pieces fit, seeing some young guys step up and eventually, you know, kind of finding that groove with how you want to play. Improve special teams, reasonable expectation. 
Um, many fewer breakdowns on defense, reasonable expectation. $230 million quarterback playing like he's played quarterback before, reasonable expectation, right? So um, the other thing I'm, I kind of made note of here is we're here in the moment, right? It's March 16th. Uh, we're all getting ready to watch some basketball, at least I am. You know, we're looking at where the big money went, not just for the Browns, for, for around the league, and you're addressing big needs. And, and this Browns regime has been good at diagnosing the big needs and aggressively and quickly going and getting them. Those players working out, obviously, has, has been a different story. But there's so much that goes on, and this is going to be my theme in writing and talking to you guys and following this team. Um, the Browns have some players. The Browns have found some players. They have to build a team. Right, they took on extraordinary circumstances last year, and it was a mess. The year before, um, you know, the quarterback and head coach quite clearly hated each other. The defense was pointing fingers. They had COVID at the end of the year. They had all sorts of things. It was sunk. They've had prominent players quit the team in each of the last two years, and they've sucked in December in each of the last two years. Those are alarming things. Browns have a lot to clean up. Team building, not just acquiring talent. Getting the little details, that's why Bubba Fremtrone is here and Mike Prefer is fired, right? So while we're all looking at the remaining free agents and, and all of that, you know, Ventrone is looking at the bottom of the draft and the bottom of free agency who who plays special teams. You know, we're mentioning these young guys who the slate, especially on defense, I think the slate is pretty clean. Um, I don't know that the slate is pretty is clean for some of these receivers, like they can't count on Anthony Schwartz, you know. I think Michael Woods is probably just a guy, although he's shown some upside. David Bell didn't get many chances. They're not writing him off. They like, but what I'm saying is, like Demetric Felton, like they're kind of ready to move on, and that that will probably be that there. But again, guys, we're we're looking here at the, at the big names and the big dollars. Stefanski's into finalizing the camp schedule. He's into looking into if they play in Denver and Seattle back to back weeks. Do we stay out there, right? Um, Ventrone is digging into who really is going to be here, who who is a proven special teams player, and what do we need as we kind of fill out um, this free agency class and, and go into this draft class. So I don't, I, I think they're done in this wave of free agency, um, you know, with with the bigger name guys. John Johnson is a post June one cut. That means the money gets freed up later. I think they could be. Big name, big game shopping in a trade during or after the draft. That would be wide receiver as it stands now. So I think you'll see him fill in, um, you know, some more depth guys defensively, and then we'll see. Do leaders emerge? How do things go? They need a speed receiver, no doubt. They need at least one more linebacker. But does that have to be um, an experienced guy, you know, with Taki Taki back with JOK in his third year? Maybe, maybe not. Um, we'll see how that goes. Last year, in the second wave of free agency, the Browns hit on Ethan Pochick. They got him for nothing. Now they re-signed him this year to a, a three-year, a new three-year deal. And um, he's the starting center, and they're investing in the O-line. They always have. That's one of the things they always want to do. So can you find an Ethan Pochick at, a, at linebacker this year as your third safety at a wide receiver? Well, you have to hope so. You know, and, and as of now, they do have eight draft picks. So – I don't expect them to make eight draft picks, but what I'm saying is they have some ammo as teams go through and, and kind of figure things out with who might be available via trade. You know, where is this going to go in the draft? There was, of course, the huge blockbuster trade for the number one pick in the draft, and the quarterbacks are going to go early. But 
you know, which team is not going to get one, um, you know, which team is going to be willing to move on. We're looking at the Bucks, right? They signed Baker. And I and I, I like the signing. It's like if if Baker plays well, you're surrounding him with some pretty good talent, and you hit something for nothing, you're in a bad division. You know, maybe you back. If Baker flops, then then you're in the mix for Caleb Williams or for looking to the future next year. If the Bucks flop and Chris Godwin or Mike Evans are available, yeah, maybe it works. So I think more in the here and now, I think the Browns are looking at Paris Campbell. Um, you know, I, there hasn't been a whole bunch of movement in the receiver market. They want speed. They were never going to be in these bigger, slower, or slot type guys. Again, they're not writing off David Bell. They think he can he can help them, even if he's never going to be um, a standout player. But you know, they need quick tit twitch. They need explosion. They they want to and need to push the ball down the field. And Peoples Jones had a great year last year, and he is an NFL player. Um, he's a contested catch guy. He's not a big separate get down the field guy and he's only under contract for one more year you know so we'll we'll see it would be a great problem to have if Donovan Peoples Jones has another big year and um you know demands money from elsewhere but the Browns want you know guys that can run gadget plays and quick screens and they can improvise in their routes and really extend the plays and make find those creases and just zoom uh, you know, when Watson's out there running around. They don't want to run a total offense where it's just snap it to Watson and let him create, but they want to utilize that ability, right? They they want to um, let him go through his reads and then say, okay, hey, this is here. And they think just, just with timing and trust and shaking the rust that they'll do that, but they want to get faster, more explosive players around him to do that. Uh, Jacoby Brissett. Off to the Commanders. The Browns didn't ever expect to get him back. I think it's a good landing spot for him. I think he will beat out Sam Howell. And I think a lot of weeks he'll give the Commanders a chance to win. So uh, I think everybody in the building, everybody who follows the Browns is rooting for Jacoby Brissett. And we'll see. So that the Browns are also in the market for a backup quarterback. Uh, we kind of knew that. You know, we'll see what happens down the road. A backup tight end, a veteran running back if Dearness Johnson – or Kareem Hunt don't come back. Uh, I wouldn't totally slam the door on either one of those guys. There's just not going to be a lot out there for them. So maybe after the draft, they, they venture back to the Browns, but probably not. So some legit excitement for Jerome Ford's ability. Um, and we'll see that. We'll, we'll see, you know, how that goes. But at tight end, this is the last year of Njoku's guarantees. Um, it's the last year of Harrison Bryant's rookie contract. So we'll see. The Browns want to be a more wide receiver offense and less of a tight end offense. Um, we'll see how that goes. And again, to me, you know, the offense scoring points and getting the pop is important and is more important than the defense. But the defense just had such glaring holes. And then in, in cutting Johnson, which you had to do because he just wasn't producing, you created another one. They like Juan Thornhill. They think he'll come in. And make plays. I mean, we just we you just can't have last year when the story of the season was Grant Delpit with his arms out looking at guys and like, where are you supposed to be there? That's why Jim Schwartz is here. Um, you get Thornhill. You expect your your three really strong corners. Lots of teams don't have one and a half strong corners. The Browns have three. So um, they got to create more turnovers. Miles has to have a huge year. And the other thing I have written down is, you know, you you got to hit in this in the second tier free agency. A fourth round pick, a sixth round pick, somewhere along the way, 
they got to find more help for nothing. And those things aren't necessarily going to emerge now in our free agency analysis. Those things aren't necessarily going to emerge in the third game of the season. But if you're going to have better Decembers, if you're ever going to play for anything, um, you know, the Browns need more from that middle to bottom of the roster. And that's one of the frustrating parts of last year is that for the first time in 15 years, they had continuity, keeping the GM, keeping the coach, keeping the coordinators. That is supposed to lead to emergence of some off-the-radar guys. You're supposed to have guys who, who know their assignments, who have been groomed in your system, who are ready to come up and play, and there just wasn't a whole lot of that. Um, Amari Cooper is phenomenal. This is a bad receiving core comparatively, guys. It's bad, you know. Miles um, Garrett is out of this world. This is a pass rush group that's starting from scratch. And, again, they've, they've made additions, but – you know, they, they, they're just not as advanced as they need to be in some places. And then if you want to counter all that by saying it comes down to whether Watson plays well, then for 80% of that, I agree. It was a year ago this week that the Watson thing happened. The Browns went to Houston and made their recruiting pitch, right? Um, Baker found out on the internet like the rest of us did. It was Thursday of that week that Watson told the Browns no thanks. Then it was Friday afternoon that everything changed. So that would be a year ago. Um, right now, and we'll see. Um, they're going to keep pushing that money forward. They're going to stay committed to him. That's why I'm a little surprised there hasn't been a receiver sign here as of Thursday morning. Sometimes the market dictates that. You know, you still have the draft for that, although I think that five receivers are definitely going to go in the first round, so you're going to have to really dig in on your scouting. Um, if Jerry Judy's available and the Browns could meet the price, yes, that, that's a great fit. You know, as I mentioned before, is it Mike Evans or Chris Godwin down the road? Is it another team's veteran, you know, as certain things shake out from the draft? Um, it could be. You know, the Browns were, Browns beat everybody to the market last year, getting Amari Cooper for nothing and then redoing his deal when they did Watson's. But it wasn't until later in free agency that they really took off with the Tyreek Hill thing. A.J. Brown got traded during the draft, right? And those guys all got big contracts. So um, maybe something like that's coming in, in there sitting uh they're 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 pretty their resources are pretty devoted but they have other guys they can renegotiate and restructure with they they do have some ways to create space and finagle if if they need to and if they have to and we'll see so let me bring up these asking jackson questions here um as we keep rolling on we'll get you to basketball here a little bit appreciate you listening so scrolling where was it here are the questions. Question from Mike. Disappointed with the absence of any trades. It takes two to tango, but are you surprised with how tepid Barry's been so far? Um, I was surprised because they have used the trade mechanism in the past, and it's mostly been you know at the lower level. Chase Winovich for Mac Wilson, right? Now, it was a huge way, obviously, to get Amari Cooper, and then the Watson thing's kind of in a category of its own. Um, do I still think it's possible? Yes, Mike. Am I mildly surprised? You know, if you want to use tepid for this, and he did sign, he did send this question before the Thornhill signing. Yeah, but I'm, I, again, like just attacking your obvious needs, getting guys that you know can play. What do you like about Tomlinson? He's 325 pounds. He's durable. He's rarely missed a game. You know, he's he's been a productive player. Like that that works. You know, Agbo got his chance at the end of last year. He produced, right? Um, he he's he can do different things and help you in different ways. 
but he can rush, and that allows you to bring along Alex Wright. That allows you to move Alex Wright and Garrett inside. It doesn't shut the door on a veteran that you sign in June or in August to help your rush group. So, yeah, they're going to look for trades. They've they've shown it in in every draft. Under Barry, they've traded down. They've added picks for next year. So again, it's it's more of an incomplete. I won't necessarily argue with Tepid, um, but we'll see. You know, look, these guys know what's at stake here. They know that they were all in the moment they made the Watson trade. They know what the realities are, and they can use three structures and push some of the money back. And they can say that you feel a sense of urgency every year. But if they don't feel a greater sense of urgency this year, then woo, buddy, buckle up. Um, question from Taco: Who will be our number two quarterback and running back? You know, I think Jerome Ford is the number two running back. Um, do I believe the Browns will draft one? If they keep seven or eight picks, yes, it's a great draft class. And we know nothing's guaranteed with Nick Chubb past this coming year. But I, you know, as I mentioned before, 25 to 30% chance of Dearness Johnson or Kareem Hunt eventually comes back to this team. You know, maybe more like 40 or 45% for Johnson. Um, but Kareem Hunt's probably the two running back. The two quarterback, it's not killing Mont. He'll play in the summer. They'll try to develop him. Anytime you can get a guy at that position for nothing, you think has some raw talent. And it's very raw with killing. Um, but, you know, a Teddy Bridgewater or someone that you've heard of, um, and obviously, you've, you know, Teddy's pedigree is better than most, and he has a tie to Kevin Stefanski. A Marcus Mariota who could, you know, if you do get in a pinch where Watson gets a high ankle sprain and has to miss two or three games, could run a similar offense, has been through a lot in this league, can learn on the fly, can at least give you a chance. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for a guy who fits in the room and can help your offense, can help Watson every single day, can be the bridge from Watson to Stefanski to some of the other guys. Um, that's why Teddy, at 30 years old, having seen what he's seen in this league, you know, Mariota, gosh, 15 draft. Yeah, he's he's going to be 32, right? So, um, but, but you need a guy that if you're missing your starter for two or three or four games can keep you afloat in the playoff race. If your starter gets hurt for half the season, you're screwed. If your starter isn't great, you're screwed. It would be the worst trade in NFL history, and we'll see. But they expect better from Watson, and they just want the insurance policy there. Uh, question from Connor. What's the free agency process like for special teams only, guys? I imagine Bubba has some of his guys he wants, but AB would need to keep maximum flexibility for big deals. Lots of handshake agreements until things calm down. Connor, this is an interesting question. Uh, you know, different teams do it differently. I wouldn't say handshake agreements as much as some guys just know that they're not going to sign until the second or third tier of free agency. Is that because they're coming off an injury? Is that because teams flat out tell them we have other priorities in business and this happens a lot and then we'll get to you? Yeah. Or is it they just did not have a good year and they know? Um, and some of those guys would not want to sign anywhere until after the draft because they want to know they have a role. And we know that the Browns aren't the only team. I mean, every team puts their draft picks first, right? So, look, in the days of the big practice squads and the game day activations, Connor, you're only getting, if you're Bubba, if you're the special teams coach, you're probably only getting one, maybe two guys who make your team for just special teams because you can call those guys up each week and you have that natural turnover of who's who's in or out for uh, a game you need 10 defensive backs or a game that your starting linebacker is 
you know, has an ankle injury. So you're, you're calling up two young guys. Um, you know, Bubba will and should be involved in that process. You know, I, I think Tony Fields makes the team again and he plays special teams, right? These young safeties, DeAnthony Bell, um, he probably makes the team again and plays special teams. AJ Green, who they re signed. Nobody wants AJ Green playing corner, but he is lightning, lightning fast. So I think it's, it's the very few special teams only guys. Um, the Browns know who their long snapper is. They know who their kicker is. They know who their punter is. That's a luxury. And, you know, with the rest of it, the language is pretty universal. But like I said, those three guys, plus whoever becomes a backup tight end, plus whoever becomes your third running your running back, third running back, your fifth wide receiver, that, that's who plays special teams. So that kind of sorts itself out. But it is interesting, Connor, and it goes back to what I'm saying here. Team building for the Browns, not just acquiring talent, and then looking past this first week of free agency. And who are guys that can make your team better? I think the Browns think that Jalen Darden can make their team and help them. You know, um, we'll, we will see how that turns out. Is Jerome Ford going to be the kick returner? Will he be covering kicks if he's the number two running back? I don't know. That's TBA, but they think like this is a really good player. And this was this was part of the process of drafting him. It wasn't just okay. We know we're moving on from Cream Hunt, although that was part of it. It was, hey, this guy like he played slot receiver in high school. He played backup running back at Alabama. You know he willing to block, carried the ball at Cincinnati. Like, this guy's a football player. Let's get him. And and I think, you know, there's a chance that Jerome Ford has a really solid NFL career. So we'll see how that goes. A question from Brian, Cleveland Sports Lifer. It's proven this offseason that high-caliber and high-paid players can be had from many teams for a third or fifth-round pick, citing Jalen Ramsey, Darren Waller, et cetera. Any big salary, big talent players to CAB trying to trade for? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that if Jerry Judy is available and that the – Broncos would accept less than a one. Yes. Do I really think the Broncos should be in the business of getting rid of Jerry Judy? No. But the reason they would be is he's entering the last year of his rookie deal. His fifth-year option is up. They've spent a ton of money. They're low on picks. They might have to do that. Cortland Sutton fits that. Mike Evans fits that. Uh, I think the Chargers reworked Khalil Mack to keep him. That always seemed like it was going to happen. So, you know, you have guys like Josh McDaniels, running teams who are completely unpredictable and out of control. You have, you know, teams like the Panthers, the Texans, potentially the Colts, the Bucks, who are either blatantly the Cardinals, who are either blatantly playing for next year or will subtly be doing so, Brian, over the next um, weeks and months. So that is a possibility. The Browns weren't going to be in on Jalen Ramsey because the Browns have their three corners, you know, um, We'll see. We'll see what happens. But I, 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 th I think AB has shown that he will make trades, and it just it has to be the right fit. Right now, the Browns have two fours and two fives. Would they trade those guys for the right those picks for the right cheap veterans? And is there a chance that's DeAndre Hopkins if they can make the salary work? Yes. Is it likely? No. But I think all of that is out there. Um. Dave asks, who's this year Austin Hooper slash David Bell, four yards and fall down offseason acquisition candidate? Dave, I don't think that's fair to David Bell. Uh, we, Austin Hooper had a long track record of that. I don't think that's especially fair to David Bell. Like I said, I, I don't think David Bell is ever going to um, have a 1,500-yard, 15-touchdown season. But I think he just didn't get many chances. The injury early was part of that. Um, the Browns' offense – 
questions and transition and, and limitations was part of that. So, you know, I think David Bell has a chance to move the chains and catch a number of passes for the Browns. Maybe I'm wrong, but we'll see. Question from Bradley. Who is Andrew Barry's best draft pick? DPJ. Uh, on production right now, it's DPJ, and, and he's a sixth rounder, and, and, you know, he's done it, sure. Um, it's nobody else from that class, right? You know, I still think the answer is probably JOK or Newsom. I, I hold out hope, you know, for those guys to, that they – and we've seen it. It's not just holding – it's not blind hope. We've seen them play. So, um, you know, what do they do in the offseason to get themselves ready? And then how do they fit with Schwartz? I mean, Newsom has had a chance at several interceptions. He's just got to make those plays. You know, he might not like the slot, but guess what? The Browns have outside corners in Martin Emerson and Denzel Ward. And so they could either go get a slot and Greg couldn't play, or he could play slot. You know, he's got to beat out those other guys. He, he just does. We'll, we'll see. Um, you know, Emerson looks really freaky. Um we have to see more of it. He's he's certainly not a finished product. He could be in that. But I would say right now on production, it's DPJ. And that's probably not a real good answer um, as far as feeling good about the draft classes. And you shouldn't feel good about the draft classes. But we'll see. Um, everybody's on trial this year. And the urgency you know, has to be there. From Scott, any chance Dobbs comes back as the backup quarterback? Yeah, because – you know they're shopping for his type of guy, and there is a familiarity there, Scott. I, I don't. You know, based on the Browns moving on, and then Dobbs going and playing and endearing himself to another organization, you know, I'd say it's probably unlikely. But I certainly don't think that door is slammed. And if Teddy goes somewhere else, or if the Browns aren't interested in making that work, then then I think that that is a potential fit, and we'll see. Um, okay, so there's some other ones, and they're not anything I really want to get into <laughs> right now. So, anyway, um, that's where we are three, four days into free agency. Uh, it could change by the time this goes up. It could change by Friday, by Saturday. Things change quickly. You always have to have past plan A and past plan B, right? And sometimes it's just how much do you want to spend past those plans. But I think we've seen the Browns plan A and B. I think we've seen little deviation there. I think we'll see depth. Um, you know, I think we'll see depth signings. I think we'll see them testing the trade market on receivers, but not wanting to overspend. Anybody you bring in that makes any money at all, you're going to have to redo the deal. And so you have to look and say, are we really sinking our cap a year from now, two years from now, we're doing that? Or is there someone else in the roster we can restructure? Or is there a corresponding move we can make? Um, you know, the Greg Newsom tweet led to people talking, well, he's a good player. They just drafted him two years ago, and his cap number for the next two years is only $4 million. The Browns are not in the business of giving guys like that up. They're just not, you know. Um, would the Browns have liked if maybe Wyatt Teller's trade value was much higher now than it is, right? Or, gosh, who else even is there? I don't know. I mean, they whiffed on a lot of guys. They're not, you know, they just signed Denzel Ward, $70 million guaranteed last year, like, you can't take that cap hit, and and you sign Denzel Ward because he's really good, not because you want to get rid of him. I know every year he misses two games in October, and people are like, "This is the worst player you've ever seen." You guys are idiots. Anyway, um, everybody wants the Browns to be good, right? And and everybody wants a normal organization 
with a normal offseason, a normal season, and a chance to have likable players and coaches to root for and a chance to go win the division and finally play a home playoff game in that stadium. Can it happen? Sure. We'll see. Um, for this team to, to be good and for this organization to avoid another um, major change, they need a good offseason. I think they're off to a solid start. We'll talk to you soon.